Hi, we're your Prairie Gardens plant experts. You know, I think one of the things that people forget to think about in the summertime, the heat of the summer, is watering. Also on our annual plants, in our containers and hanging baskets, water is super important and we should check that in the morning especially. That way they can go into the day being hydrated. And not just the annuals we planted this spring, but any of those trees and shrubs that we've just planted, they can just go wilty. Come to Prairie Gardens, Springfield and Duncan, Champaign. Good morning and welcome to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. I'm Tamara McDaniel and we're here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign, corner of Springfield and Duncan. Beautiful morning. Come on out and join us. You can also call in at 217-356-9397 and uh, call in with your questions or comments. You can text us at 217-351-5357. Our experts today include John Weisgarver and Megan Reynolds. Hey, good morning, Megan. Good morning, Tamara. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, thank you. It's so fun to have you again. It's been a little while. Megan is one of the other experts here at Prairie Gardens. And uh, if you need any answers, Megan's the one. Yep, I've to been find spending them. a lot of time out there answering questions yeah? this year. Really? So, like, what would you say has been the most common question in the past week or so? Uh, recently, it's uh, Japanese beetles. Oh, yes. And since we had the hot weather, there's been a lot of um, environmental issues with people's plants. I could see that. So, um, Yeah, as far as the Japanese beetles are concerned, yes, I like to call now my lacy linden leaves. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just how they look. They Gave look it a new lacy. texture. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> now, but they don't actually hurt my trees, right? Or whatever it is that they are eating on. Do they really kill the plant or tree? It depends on how much damage they're doing. Yeah. Um, they can really create a lot of damage. So it's important to you know, kind of get them before they eat up your whole plant and all the leaves. Right. Because leaves are very important for the health of the plant. That's a good point. They can't absorb as much sunlight, That's can they? Right, exactly. They got all those holes in them. Yeah. Bite teeth, bite marks, whatever. Um, so what can you do about them? Um, you can pick them off and put them in some soapy water. And it's uh, in the morning and in the evening, they're kind of less active. So you can do it then when they, you know, don't fly away. Okay. Uh, there's also some chemical products that you can use to, to help with that okay. as well. Like a, like a systemic, like something that would go into the system of the plant to um, There's, it, there's a liquid product that you can spray on your plants, but then um, there's also a dust that you can use nice. on your plants as well. Okay. John Weisgarver, good hey, morning. Good morning. Hey, we were talking about Japanese beetles. Those critters. <laughs> I know. I was telling Megan, I was in my yard, and, I'm, and I, I looked down, and I'm like, oh, look, it's all my lacy linden leaves. Mm-hmm. They love that. Yeah. Remember what I told you last fall that you were supposed to put on the BioAdvance product? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that. <laughs> the systemic for your trees, because there's no way you can spray those big trees. But you have to do it in the fall. So so it's recommended to put on uh, in fall. 
uh, you can still do it uh, up into the you know early spring or you know so it just takes a while for it's a systemic product so it goes into the tree and it takes takes a while if you have a really big tree for it to start drawing that up in, inside so it's a insect control from inside okay but you said you spray it on no it's a it's a granular or? it's a comes in granular form or a liquid that you drench around the bottom of the trees okay yeah. And if I do that in the fall or early spring and let it get into the system of my linden tree, maybe it won't be attacked as It severely. won't be so lacy this year, <laughs> next year. Next year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, will you remind me in a couple of months? I will. When it's not as hot out. I'll put it on my phone and on my... <laughs> as pop an up alarm. a little reminder. On yeah, pop up. Well, we'll talk about that this fall, too. Good, good, good. Yeah. Okay, great. That's all the things, you know, about, about you, you, you got to sometimes try to remember these things. It's like when you plant your, your uh, tulips in the fall, you know, you got to wait so long for them to be here. Yes. Whereas in the spring, I just want them to, I want to be able to plant them and they pop up soon. Yeah. 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 That's one of the questions we've had this week is Japanese beetles. They don't seem to be, they seem to be kind of pockety. You know, some people have them really, really bad, and other, you know, people don't have very many at all. Well, that's kind of good news, yeah. rather than an infestation. I think I've talked with a few people this week that have come in, and, you know, they're on uh, a few of their, like their rose bushes or or um, some of their vegetable plants. And the easiest thing to do is when it's reachable early in the morning or in the evening when they're not active, just uh, just take a little bowl or bucket with some soapy water. Just tap them in there and they'll okay. suffocate. Okay. Or put some beer in there and let them have a oh, happy that's time. that's a waste of beer. Before they... <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> let them go out with a stiff drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that soap that, that will help uh, clog up their... Their air systems. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what else? It's a nice I organic mean, way I'm, to do it. I'm guessing there are more uh, insects, though, causing problems other than Japanese beetles. So this is time when you want to uh, be aware of the bagworm. Oh. Absolutely, yeah. And they, pref- well, you can find them on anything, but they prefer yes, evergreens? Yes, they, they prefer evergreens, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And they c- almost kind of look like a dead part of the evergreen itself. The one that I caught, one or two that I was able to catch. Yeah, they kind of have an interesting bag. Um, I I know they're destructive, but I sort of like the way the bag looks. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can't leave those on there. Right. You but yeah, pick them off. Usually and evergreens. And don't just toss them on them. the side. No, you got to smush them yeah. in a bag. Okay. You got to smash the bag or destroy it. Put it in the, in like a Ziploc bag in the trash. Okay. Uh, so that is what happens. That's what's from last year when the the larvae were feeding on your trees. You know, sucking the life out of them. <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking. Uh, then they take those leavings and then they lay their eggs in those bags and then that's what's going to be hatching uh we should be scouting now for that okay so yeah if you still find those 
those bags, you know, destroy as many as you can. But what happens when they start to come out? They're like a little tiny brown uh, larva type looking okay. insect. And then they'll start feeding on your trees. And then just spread. Yeah. Okay. So effective uh, spinosad or uh, BT, bacillus, bacillus thuringiensis, are effective ways to kill them. Is that a systemic? So it would be as contact. A, it'll be contact spray. Okay. And is there a better time to do it? You have to do it when they are active. That's the only way you can get them. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yep. And, of course, you want to find those? They're here at Prairie Gardens. Just ask one of the plant experts. That's right. <laughs> Give us a call if you want at 356-9397 or text us at 351-5357. Megan. I'm so glad you're here today, Megan. Oh, thanks, Sean. Thank I'm you. glad I'm here, too. Well, we get to work together all the time, and, you know, we're always outside and, and uh, working with customers and it's kind of nice to sit down and a little chat once in a while. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And Megan, you've been on before. I a have. A few times. It's been it's a while. It's just been a little bit. Yeah. But it's I have. Cool. I can't remember what kind of uh, gardening you like to do. Um, I A little bit of everything. Yeah. I have some perennial gardens and I have a lot of house plants. Yeah, you're a big houseplant geek. I, I am. That's <laughs> uh, neat. So I often bring bring them home and add to the collection. Um, <laughs> we just got in some succulent planters, some combination succulent planters cool. that are really cool. Great price point. So I have one of those, of course. Good. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty proud of my fiddle leaf fig. Um it started pretty small, and I've been, you know, watching it grow into this beautiful tree that it is now. How um, fun. And I do some vegetable gardening as well, and uh, I do those in containers. Oh. And so I have some tomatoes and some peppers, just kind of a small selection. And I do basil. <coughs> nice. Which I love. Yeah. And I just made a batch of pesto, and it Delicious. I love pesto with Isn't my that great that you can just walk outside and harvest and make it right away? Yep. That, that's so neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's as fresh as you can get. Exactly. This is true. And then uh, flowers? Do you do flowers at all? Um, annuals, I Yeah, mean? I do some annuals. I have watering issues, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is why you I, know love, everybody does. <laughs> I love houseplants um, because they, they don't mind a little bit of neglect sometimes, uh, especially if you have succulents and um, cacti. You can kind of neglect them a little bit when life gets busy, you know? Yeah. And so I do struggle with annuals. I like to stick with the, the hardier perennials and houseplants that, you know, maybe if I forget a few waterings, they're still going to be beautiful They'll and glorious. They'll still love you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get that. Absolutely. I still haven't gotten into the vegetable gardening yet. My husband really wants to. This year, I finally said, okay, if you want tomato plants, you have to plant them, and you have to take care of them. Of course, I think I said that before uh, several 
well, several summers now in a row, but <laughs> <laughs> still hasn't happened. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, we have a text at 351-5357. Question. I have two three-year-old plum trees I would like to prune about six inches uh, off of the height. Would now be an okay time to do that, and thanks. Three-year-old plum trees, would they be fruiting? It, it's or hopefully they... they're the ornamental type. Uh, they didn't say they were fruiting. Uh, so really the best time for pruning is uh, early spring, which is which is when plants are still dormant. Okay. Uh, and or you can do it late winter or or after plants are dormant again so really so really pruning now uh, is creating stimulating the tree to want to put out new foliage Mm -hmm. and that way we're getting into the to the season where uh, later in the season where plants are going to start to to uh, go dormant so we don't want a lot of new flush growth that might not make it through Okay. The winter. It, and, but if they only want to do like six inches, that just. Yeah, I mean, I I think it might be okay. It's just been so hot yeah. that plants are struggling. and. That's a good point. If they're not really watering, it might not be the best time to do it. Because, yeah, it, it needs to rest a little more right now. Yeah, plants are struggling with with the heat, uh, just trying to maintain themselves, uh, let alone something that's blooming, you know, so, so it's a little bit stressful. Yeah. So. Neat. We have another text that says, if a perennial planted last year didn't grow that much this year, will it maybe be better each coming year? Or is it a dud? Boy, I understand that. Makes me wonder what the perennial is because that can, I I have that happen all the time. Okay, well, should I leave it? Is it going to come back or <laughs> should I just pull it out of the ground now? Yeah, well, sometimes it's all about, you know, where it's located and how it was planted. You know, that's a lot of factors too. That's a good so point. So when we, when we plant perennials, obviously most of them prefer full sun which is at least six hours a day, uh, prepping the site. With, like, lots of compost. Absolutely. And, and digging the whole digging larger? twice as wide. Okay. Amending the soil with your compost, making sure that it's taken care of, watered, mulched if if it's needed, you know, as for to help moisture retention, also to keep weeds down. Uh, that being said, also perennials usually are at their height of maturity after three years. They start to become, that's when they're mature. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Megan. Oh, that's okay. To add to that, I think I wouldn't necessarily judge, um, this year's growth as whether or not it's a dud. Um, because this year was hard. Mm. It was, you know, very dry, very hot. Um, and again, yeah, it's hard to know what they added to the soil or how often they were watering to know whether or not 
you know, it's a good or, or bad perennial. So I think some more information would be helpful to give them the, the right advice on okay. that. Yeah. Okay, but, okay. you yeah. know, a different season could be totally different. We could have a, a much wetter uh, spring and summer season with cooler temperatures, and, and that's going to affect uh, perennials differently than they did this year. Right. Are there any telltale signs, like if it needs to have less sun, um, uh, curling brown edges? Yeah, uh, browning leaves, uh, spots on the leaves uh, from sunburn. Okay. But if it's getting too much shade... Then it's going to be weak. Wimpy. Not as... growing as robust as it should okay less blooms yep. as well yep. and you get less sunlight mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. gotcha yeah okay the uh, so there's kind of this little analogy about all plants that you plant uh, it's it's creep sleep creep leap sleep creep leap Sleep, creep, leap. I like that. So the first year, basically, the plants are getting their roots established. That's the main goal that once you once you do get a plant, you want the roots to take hold. Sometimes they'll get a little bit of growth. Second year, you'll see uh, some growth. And, of course, roots are getting established even more. And then the third year... Then you're going to start to see some more, some more top growth. Okay, I like that. It's just kind of some mm-hmm. old little old adage that somebody came up. I with. I love it, those. Yeah, I do too. The spiller, thriller, filler. Yeah, I, yeah. It helps me every time I put together a combination planter. <laughs> yeah. So this is sleep, creep, and leap. Leap. Okay. Excellent. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, going back to the Japanese beetles, somebody else is asking uh, uh, about how many more weeks can we expect these Japanese beetles to hang around causing damage? I think from the beginning uh, to the end is usually about four to six weeks. Okay. So about toward the end of August? Yeah. <laughs> when it's football weather. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's yep. how I'll think of it. <laughs> that's great. And yeah, thank you everybody for your text so far at uh three five one five three five seven. You can also call us at three five six nine three nine seven and we have Alan calling in now from Urbana. Hey good morning, Alan. Good morning. Um, I have three questions for you. First one is, I need a lot of mulch. And I think I remember that the Urbana Recycling Center sells mulch. Is that correct? Am I remembering that or not? Yes, that's correct. And do they actually deliver like a big load to you? You you can contact them, but, but yes, in the past I have purchased it there. And they do have delivery service. Do Probably in the Champaign Urbana. So it's a though. it's a it's all bulk. So you purchase it that way. Okay. And do they have different types or? You know, I don't think we were. Really I don't. Know. I don't really. You'd have to, have to contact to... them, really. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My second question is: I have a dwarf cherry tree, and for the past two or three years, 
after it uh, blooms and you get your cherries, it drops like 60% of its leaves. Do you have any idea what would be causing that? So it's a it's a fruiting cherry edible? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So cherry trees tend to tend to have uh, uh, a life cycle basically so once it's done its job flowered fruited you know i think that's a little bit typical of of some of them that they would do that so that wouldn't concern you though because 60 percent of its <coughs> leaves does sound kind of surprising although i'm thinking of my service berry tree now and it kind of does the same thing Okay, I won't worry about it then. I was just, I was just concerned. And my last yeah. question: um, for the last two or three years, uh, well, like three years ago, I had moles in the yard, and I do not see them anymore. But now I see uh, holes all around, and so I've got voles. And I actually caught one a day or two ago. But I've read online that if you have castor oil plants, that will keep them away. Is that true, or do you know of a better way to keep them out of your yard? So there's there's lots of you know organic methods, basically trapping as you as you might have with with regular mouse traps, peanut butter. Uh, you just have to be careful. Uh, you know, if you have pets or or birds that they aren't involved with that. Uh, we have a lot of uh, deterrents that make them move to other locations. It's all uh, organic sense that... Like a predator? Uh, basically urine. for... <laughs> no, for these, it, it's uh, it's like... Oils, Oils, right? yeah. Cinnamon oh. oil or... Um, I can't remember what the other oil is that's in there. Okay. <coughs> sense that they don't prefer okay that's good to know have you heard anything about about planting castor oil plants uh there's though? there's castor uh available even you can if you go online you can read about castor castor oil and uh, uh concoctions that you can mix okay have you heard of them working at all it's all it, it it's it's all uh you know there's professional products even that have the caster in it so that's what i would do okay 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 thank you very much you bet thanks for calling in alan oh, have bye -bye. a great all right bye bye Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text us at three five one five three five seven for Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. Now, John, you brought some items to the table that are gorgeous. They are gorgeous. What is that tiny little dwarf weeping willow kind of looking? Is that a house plant? <laughs> no, it's a it's a tree. It's called the tiger eye sumac. Okay. So its uh, botanic name is Ruse, R-H-U-S, um, three to six feet tall, so it's not a big tree. Mature? Mm-hmm. Wow. But uh, it has that really cool serrated leaf configuration with the yes. that chartreuse green color that mm -hmm. is such a neat thing to pop out in your garden it kind of looks like yes very beautiful uh feathers 
coming yeah. off of them. Yeah, it's really nice. Which maybe that's what I, I was thinking with the weeping willow uh, mm-hmm. analogy. But um, so it's I, I'm zone five hardy. Yep. And it's uh, full sun, obviously. Full sun. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Is there a common name for it? What, what did you call it again? Sumac. Oh, a what sumac? Tiger eye. Tiger eye sumac. Tiger eye sumac. I love that. And then, oh my It's a goodness. neat ornamental tree. Yes, it is. And if you're looking, sometimes you'll have that spot at the front of your house where, where uh, I want something a little taller. Or, uh, but what's cool about this, it has the, the branching structure so that you can actually plant something underneath of it as well. Yes, and it will still get plenty of sun. Yeah. I see that. It's just beautiful. Just so cute. I'm going to have to take a photo of that and post it on our Facebook page. Um, I also see some, is it paniculata or panicle? Hydrangea. Hydrangeas. Hydrangea. Isn't the color beautiful? It really is. It's kind mm. of a chartreuse green as well. That uh, this one will fade into white and then pink, correct? Yep. Oh, In the fall. Blushy pink, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yep. beautiful. Now, how big does it get at full maturity? <coughs> that one's a small one. It's about three by three, three feet by three feet. So it can go almost anywhere. Oh, nice. That's the greatest thing about the paniculata hydrangea. You know, the the full sun, get the great blossom, and it just continues through the whole rest of the season. And I think what's great, like, about this one is you almost get three different colors. In the beginning, you get the green, and then, it, you know, it fades as it ages to different colors. And what's great about hydrangeas, too, is you really can get whatever size requirement you need for your garden you know we've got small ones you can get them more in the five to seven feet range if you have a large space in your garden so it's really a great option for anywhere okay that's what yes my neighbor has probably the seven foot tall ones and but she's got a very beautiful big boulder and um, some other plantings around it. And, and then with the hydrangeas, the paniculata hydrangeas in back, it's just wow. Shows off, I'm oh, sure. yes. That's <laughs> yeah. a corner piece. <laughs> Everybody's going to drive by and enjoy it. Yeah, sometimes you don't have to have a big elaborate planting. Just something simple like that is it just makes a statement. Mm-hmm. And it's a perennial. Yeah. It's even better. You spend your money once. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then just water it and feed it. Okay, now the beautiful pink blooms I'm seeing behind, uh, right next to the um, tiger's eye sumac. That is a rose of Sharon. Oh, tis a rose of Sharon. Yeah. I never, I, I haven't, Hibiscus I don't think I've ever seen one. Yeah, you haven't? Mm. Mm, not that I knew that that's what I was seeing, perhaps. But no, it's beautiful. What's so great about uh, about the hydrangea and the hibiscus is we have all the beautiful uh, spring flowering trees. Uh, then we get into June and we have the, the, the lilac tree. And then we don't have anything. 
you know, yeah. the blooms are gone. Yeah. So this is just a continuation of, of flowering through the rest of the season, which is so cool. Hibiscus will start now and, uh, you know, they'll go all, all the way up through fall. And there's a lot of options in the perennial hibiscus as well. As far as color, um, mm-hmm. you can get double blooms, single blooms. The Rose of Sharon has a smaller bloom, um, kind of more dainty, I would say. But then there are some perennial hibiscus with very large showy blooms as well. So pretty much anything you right. want. Right. Yeah, and dainty. You called this one dainty. It is. And because I was thinking already that the blooms are not as large as uh, as many of the hibiscus that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's still a wonderful size, though. I mean, it's, you know, palm of your hand, kind of. So these are considered uh, uh, shrubs, but uh, they can be up to... This one can be up to 8 to 12 feet tall and 4 to 6 feet wide. So they're uh, kind of a multi-trunk tree, but it's bas- it's really a shrub. So uh, you have to space plan for it. But what a great reward. Okay. Yes, no doubt. And you say it will flower up until the fall. So it'll, it'll go for several weeks now. So that's... That's what's great about it. That's beautiful. Yeah. And great for hummingbirds mm-hmm. and other pollinators. Good point. As well. Yeah. And I would I would think good for cuttings if you want to do You know, it. I've never tried that. I, I, I'm not sure with the, you'd have to be taking off part of the wood, but I guess it's, I guess you could. No oh, reason I you couldn't. See. Is that what what they consider when I I hear, like, flowers are good for cuttings? Because, I mean, that's just good for putting in vases, right? I mean, this particular one really isn't isn't meant for cuttings, or isn't isn't one that I would choose for a cutting flower. Okay. I think you want to have adequate stem length between the, the center of the plant and the bloom. That would make for a good cut flower. And also the longevity of the bloom after you cut it. Um, So like hydrangeas, for example, you can cut them and they last a long time in water. Um, I do have a large perennial hibiscus. And I did attempt to do it as a cut flower a couple summers ago. And the blooms don't last a whole a long length of time oh, once you've okay. cut them. It it was beautiful. I I gifted um the cut flowers to someone and it was beautiful when I gifted it to them, <laughs> but uh the hydrangea cuttings lasted a lot longer in that arrangement than the hibiscus. So oh, I, I think wondered. just enjoy it in your garden. Okay. But but yeah, if they say that it's good for cuttings then yeah, that's what they're considering is mm-hmm. the longevity. And, and, uh, uh, STEM? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. i like, yeah, because as soon as you said that, I thought of, um, what are the little in the, in, oh, I'm not going to be room, uh, in the springtime, they start with an H. <laughs> Hyacinths? Thank you. I kept thinking, hibiscus. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's not, I was so surprised how how close to the ground they grow. Yes. And so, yeah, I suppose they would not be good for a cut flower. And if you compare that to other uh, spring flowering bulbs like a tulip or a daffodil, their bloom is a lot further from the base of the plant, okay. which would make better cutting flowers. Okay, good. This is Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. And you can give us a call at 217-356-9397, or you can text us at 351-5357. So have, what have you been doing in your in your yards this past week? Have you been busy at all? Have you been able to get out, either one of you? Well, I like I said, I made my pesto. Um, I actually uh, just got home from uh, being on vacation and I was amazed at how much basil I had and how much my tomato plants had grown um, in the time that I was gone. So that was exciting. I've harvested a couple little cherry tomatoes, but nothing to share yet. Uh, Just a few for me and uh, my family. So that's kind of what I've been up to. That's so cool. Now, when you went away, did you have somebody come in and, and water everything for you? Or do you have some kind of a uh, system set up? I did have somebody come water. Uh, I had a family member come over because it had been very dry. Mm. And then we got some much needed rain as well when I was gone. So Mother Nature helped me out too. Yay. I know we were all happy for that yes. rain. <laughs> for sure. Thanks for the rain dance. Yeah. <laughs> You're very we welcome. <laughs> so badly. We did. Yeah. 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 I could hear my lawn going. Gulp, gulp, gulp. I've been doing a, a lot of uh, just cleaning up still. And, and it's interesting to see which types of grass are still thriving and which have gone dormant because they just aren't getting enough water right now. Um, and then... Um, I guess I should not be pruning. <laughs> I mean, you can prune anything that's dead or, or brown. Uh, okay, good. Just, just awesome. don't do any major size pruning. Yeah. You know, a few inches is fine. But but you don't want to go in and take, you know, two feet off of a tree or shrub right now. Okay. Yeah. So I've been continuing on my... Uh, I almost finished with... I've been doing some top dressing with some compost that I didn't get to do in the spring. Smart. And then I'm coming back with mulch on top to help retain water. You know, better late than never. Do you, do you go ahead and, like, uh, twist it in and mix it in? Uh, I, I uh, the scrape compost, the compost I mean. into the top surface, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I've been working on a little bit of uh, uh, hardscaping with some sidewalks and stones i have a continuing project with that now i know you talked last week about how you're uh you're using like tree stumps or uh i'm uh, using cuttings tree logs (laughs) logs. uh, (laughs) as a border for uh, some paths that i've been doing back into my woods which is uh, something i've been wanting to do for a couple years yeah and then you know what the most important thing is what? Is enjoying the yard. Yes. That's a good point. And, and yeah. yes, I I was able to do that some this past week. Just because, you know, it, it hasn't been so hot out. 
well, past few days anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's been much you, more pleasant. Uh, yeah, and you can just kind of sit out on the patio and and uh, look upon the flowers and, and then the birds and whatnot. Um, That's partly why we do it, you know, for our enjoyment and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Excellent point. So, yeah, yeah, it's good to remember to stop and enjoy it. I've been looking up online how to make a, a pallet planter. And I like uh, and because there are so many varieties, there's types that you can do. You can do the, you can take a, a pallet, hang it on a wall, and then uh, and then plant things in between the slits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can take the boards apart and make yourself a whole little garden box. And you can even build a trellis onto it using all of the wooden parts. If only it, it it didn't you know have to be so much work. Yeah. <laughs> That would be nice. But very low cost. Yeah. It's very. Good, and it's nice recycling, too. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. All right. We have another text. Good morning. This knockout on the east side of the house, uh, it has some yellowing leaves. So what might be your take on that? Knockout roses on the east side of the house. So... Do mornings, or, morning do, sun. Do I they would need? Assume. Do they need full sun? Knockout roses. Well, it's best okay if they any? have full sun. Okay. So, well, then yellowing leaves. Do uh, they send a picture? No, they didn't. So yellowing but if leaves. Maybe they can. It it can be many factors. Um, often yellowing leaves can be a watering issue too much water not enough water um it's hard to tell mm-hmm. you know unless we know what they've been doing as far as their watering schedule usually could if they haven't been fed for a while though you can't f- really tell can you well it could be a fertilization issue too that it's not getting the proper proper uh, nutrients that it needs okay is there anything that shrub roses particularly like, like the calcium with the tomatoes? And somebody suggested pouring whole milk. Did you hear that one, Megan? Mm-hmm. A couple weeks. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Well, well, I think you kind of have to diagnose the problem first. But but yellowing leaves, as Megan indicated, can be watering issues. It can be can be. Um, one of the essential uh, minerals that it might be lacking. Uh, sometimes yellowing means lacking iron. Uh, so, okay. You know, I think as far as if you correct the watering and perhaps do some fertilization, proper fertilization with with uh, rose specific fertilizer, that may correct part of the issues. Okay. And are those are those usually like granular? Do you yeah. put yeah. them in with water? Yeah, smoke? granular. Okay. Okay, great. And with shrub roses, you don't have to worry about deadheading, right? You don't have to. Okay. Um, but you can. Yeah, I think it's all about aesthetics where it, where it's at. You know, if it's up close where it's integrated with other flowers where you might want to deadhead it, uh Otherwise, if it's off in the distance and looking just fine on its own, maybe uh, always, always deadheading will stimulate new 
new blossoms. That's right. So. Okay, good. And do you have any annuals, John, in yours? I do have a few annuals. What do you choose for your annuals? I'm curious. Uh, I choose begonias. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, because they like the shade. Mm -hmm. And that's what you deal with at your home. Okay. Yeah. Lots of shade. Begonias have, obviously, there's flowering begonias. And then there's also the types that are just the foliage. And you can get so many. I mean, that's usually what I use all foliage. But for flowers, I do begonias. That's neat. I use tropical houseplants a lot. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. I can see that. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm so happy because I don't know if you remember this couple of weeks ago, I brought up that I had some geraniums that just were not blooming. And, and, uh, and then I also had some impatience that were not blooming. And I kept playing the in and out game with them with the sh all shade and then giving it sun and trying to find a good spot. Marianne said, have you fed them? And I was like, well, it, yeah, like when I planted them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been feeding them. And guess what? They're blooming. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. But it is, it's such a, it's such a reward when you're like trying so hard, come on, come on. And, uh, and finally when it does, it's just like, oh, thank goodness. I'm not going to kill it. Yep. Hey, hey, can we talk about some things that are on sale? We can't in, uh, uh, uh yes, absolutely. Let's do that. Um, we have, well, a quick question from Buddy and Champagne. Let's do it. Okay. Yep. Hey, Buddy, thanks Hello. for calling in. Hello. Hello. Uh, last April, I'm sorry? You go ahead. Okay. Last April, I planted uh, two rhododendrons and three azaleas. Within two weeks, the rhododendrons, the leaves had all turned brown and were drooping, and now they're totally gone. The azaleas died over the last uh, two and a half months. I don't know what I did wrong. They're both planted in shady spots. Um, I put compost around the soil. I dug a, a two-gallon hole for a one-gallon, well, twice as big a hole as the pot was. Any suggestions? Next so, time when I redo it next time. <laughs> sure. So uh, my, first my first thought is that uh, there may have been a watering issue with them. Uh, they got watered every other day. So with watering, what we want to do is water deeply. So water all the way down into that root zone. And then then we want to wait until, uh, you know, five to seven days later, check it to see if it needs water again. That's the best way to water it. And you know what? The show's going to wrap up here pretty soon. So, buddy, um, why don't you go ahead and stop by Prairie Gardens, or you can give them a call here. At the phone number? It's 356-6532. Uh, there you go. How about that, buddy? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks for calling. And you bet. I'm sorry we didn't have full time, more time for you. But the sales real quick. So we have 25% uh, off all perennials. Awesome. So and uh, fruit trees. Fruit trees, 40 off. With a great selection. Awesome. Okay. And your hanging baskets. Hanging baskets and planters, 40% off. We have annuals, 25% off. So we have some great, uh, great fill-in things for you. We sure do. 
and plenty of deals inside the store as well. Megan Reynolds, thanks so much for joining us thanks this morning. Thanks for having me. It was nice having you back. John Weisgarver, thank you also for being here. Thank you. It was great. I'm Tamara McDaniel, your host. Our producer is Dave Leak, and we'll have a podcast of the show available later today at WDWS.com. Just click on Multimedia and podcasts. You'll find previous shows there as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we certainly hope you have a wonderful weekend. Hi, we're your Prairie Gardens plant experts. I think in the summertime we forget to consider the maintenance issues. We certainly want to go in and do some deadheading along with our fertilization. When you deadhead, I don't care if it's an annual or perennial or shrub roses, it induces new growth and then you'll have new flowers on that new growth. It just starts to freshen up and keep everything continually blooming throughout the season. Come to Prairie Gardens, Springfield and Duncan, Champaign.